Let's worship this morning. Praise Him. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. as you are before your God. I say one day, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you. Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are. Every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your as you are to worship come just as you are before your God come 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 let's continue to worship and praise it opens our eyes Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see I want to see you, to see you high, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, 
and bring the Holy Spirit down into this place that we will feel it in a very real way as we continue to praise and glorify Him. Let's worship together. He's coming on the clouds. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break As broken hearts declare His praise But who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah He's roaring with power and fighting our battle And every knee will bow before Him Our God is the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world his blood breaks the chain and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb every knee will bow before him so open up the gate so open up the gate make way comes to say is here to set the captives free but who can stop the Lord Almighty our God is the lion the lion of Judah he's roaring with power and fighting our battle and every knee will bow before him our God is Every knee will bow before the lion. 
That's why we're here. That's why we come here to praise and give glory to God for what he has done for us. Because I'm sure half of us can't even figure out where we would be without him today. I know I probably couldn't. I'd probably be playing this guitar for other reasons, not for God. So let's continue to praise because all we do and what we're supposed to do is just run to him because his arms are wide open, ready for us to come into his embrace. Let us forever be running to him for he is good. Let's worship. You are good, you are good When there's nothing good in me You are love, you are love On display for all to see You are light, you are light 
When the darkness closes in, you are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my sin. You are peace. Let's lift them up this morning. You are peace, you are peace. When my fear is crippling, you are true, you are true. Even in my wandering, you are joy, you are joy. You're the reason that I sing. You are life, you are life. In you, death has lost its sting. Go, let's run to his arms. Nothing compares to your 
light of the world. That he has come to bring that light in the darkness from where we sit, from where we stand. He comes to illuminate. And he calls us just as we are. Just as I am without one thing, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. invitation to come to Christ. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blood to me whose blood can cleanse each spot, O oh Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, Thou wilt me see, wilt welcome part. And cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down. Now to be thine, yes, thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, dear Lord, so much for being with us. God, I thank you for the obedience of the people, dear Lord, and how they began to, to praise and to sing songs of love to you. God, we use our voices, Lord, we use our hands. God, to praise you and to thank you for all the things that you have done. And God, right now, dear Lord, we use our words. God, as there are people that are here at the altar right now, 
God, they were calling out to you, and some are calling out to you for praise, and some are calling out to you because of struggles in their lives and their hearts. And, you know, God, they, they're looking and longing, dear Lord, for your help, dear Lord, in this, and God, and whatever it would be. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would, again, that you would be with them, and God, that your arms would wrap around them, and God, that they would feel the presence of your Holy Spirit in their lives. And God, that you would hear their words. And God, that you would see what's in their hearts. And God, that you would begin to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. can have the ushers to make their way forward. As the ushers are making their way forward, we do have some special prayer requests. Uh, Miss Jeannie is, is here. Don't know, uh, you know. It's it's all by uh, you know God and her love for God. She sat out in the parking lot because her blood pressure was elevated. Then she took medicine so that it would hopefully lower her blood pressure, so she could come into the house of God and worship and praise God. So please remember her in your prayers. Uh, you know that God would touch her and lower her blood pressure and bring it under control. It's good to see Jimmy and uh, Glenda here. And uh, Mason has made his, made his way home, right? So he's at home. The surgery went well. And now we get to, to pray and to wait, uh, you know, for everything to work out the way that the doctor said that it's supposed to work out. But we still know that uh, baby Mason is in God's hands. And uh, we will continue to lift him up in your prayers. And it's great to have each one of you here. So let's bow our heads for our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day and for this opportunity that we have. God, we have the opportunity right now to give back a portion of what you have given to us. And God, we do this by praising you and by thanking you for, for this privilege that we have. And God, I pray that you would be with the ones that are not able to give today. And God, that you would bless them, dear Lord, and that you would multiply their home. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for your obedience in, in giving. Our year end is fastly approaching. Our year 
for the district uh, ends uh, the last day of May. And I think for the first time since I have been the pastor here, um, we are not in double digits as far as what we still owe for the district. So I praise God and I thank you for the giving that you have uh, you know, given to the church that we have, and that we have been able to, to put forth or to pay uh, you know, what we have. It's kind of the church's tithe uh, you know, that we, uh, you know, we as the church are responsible for the money that y'all give to us. And part of that is, is that we give a tithe or a portion of, of the money that y'all give us. Uh, we give it to the uh, Church of the Nazarene and to missions so that we can do, uh, you know, through the culmination of all churches of the Nazarenes, we can do a whole lot more work than just simply this church here in Rock Hill. So we thank you for the, the ability to, to do that. So, I don't know, some of y'all might have seen some of the videos and stuff on Facebook from this week. Um, and then, because I, I had questions today, did I go to Chester and camping, or did I go to Lansford Canal Park? Well, I went and camped out at Chester, but I did the videos at Lanford. So, pick those up. And Jackie is, you know, obviously Jackie wants me to continue doing more and more videos because I did two videos, one for last week and one for this coming week, but she put both of them in this week. So now I have to do another one for next week. I had the same shirt on. Okay, so that's, uh, you know, so that's it. So next time I'm going to have to bring a change of shirts so that she knows it's a different video for a different week. Oh, man. But I did enjoy my weekend. And, I, you know, I stand here before you and, uh, you know, I... Peggy and I took a trip around the lake of Chester. And Peggy doesn't, if y'all understand, Peggy doesn't like to paddle. Okay? So I make sure that she has her own kayak. We do not have a tandem kayak, or I would be doing all the paddling. <laughs> Peggy and Jackie and some of the other ladies like to go down the Catawba River because all they have to do is just simply float and steer. They don't have to paddle anywhere. But at this lake, you had to paddle around. It took us at least, I'm just kind of ballparking, at least two and a half hours to paddle around this lake. Well, I paddled and then backed up a little bit, and then I paddled and then backed up a little bit as she just kind of meandered along. But because of the meandering, I was able to, now there again, you have to understand, I don't unplug that often, uh, you know, and, and I was so unplugged this weekend that whenever we got to leave, I'm like, where's my keys to the motorcycle? I'm like, where is my keys to the house? I'm like, I had no clue. At one point in time, I looked at Peggy and I said, where's my phone? And she goes, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I'm like, the last time I remember seeing it was at the house, where, you know, the, the shop, okay, where we went and bought the wood so we can have a campfire. Well, they were closed by this time. I'm like, I guess it's there. I'll just go get it tomorrow. At 10 o'clock, the alarm went off on the phone. 
and we get to hear it. I'm like, oh, it's here in the campboard, campground somewhere. It was on the running boards of the truck. So I was really unplugged. So I'm thinking, so I'm going around this. Now, y'all have to come with me now today. So, you know, I'm, I'm you know, just meandering around this lake and thinking. Before I had left, God had given me a message and he said, okay, I want you to, to talk about, uh, you know, we are invited. And he said, you can come from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3 and verse 6, where it invites us to come to him. And then verse 6, it invites us to seek God. Well, that was good. And then I started thinking about Wednesday night because Wednesday night we talked about the totality of God and the sovereignty of God and he is one and he doesn't need anything else to make him God or to, uh, you know, to make him a better God or a bigger God than what he already is. He's God and God alone. And in that we get this understanding that for us to truly find out who he is, he has to reveal himself to us. So whenever we think about this, we, we see creation out there and we see the trees and we're like, yes, somebody had to create this, right? And we understand that God is the one that created this, but for us to truly understand the God that created all of this, he has to reveal himself to us. We can't just see it from the trees and we can't get all of God from, from his creation. He reveals it to us. So I'm like, okay, God, well, you want me to talk about being invited. But who's invited? In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3, it says that the thirsty is invited. It says that those that are poor are invited. It says those that are suffering are invited. I think that includes all of us, right? How many, any of you not fit in one of those categories? Okay, so good. That does away with that message. I told y'all that I meandered around the lake, right? So whenever I meander around the lake and I'm talking about this invitation, I go to an invitation that absolutely thrills me to my core. And you look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 is really interesting for us. The Pharisees are normally complaining because Jesus is eating dinner with the, uh, you know, with the sinners, right? And the tax collectors. I don't understand why they always say sinners and tax collectors. I guess the tax collectors are worse than the sinner. Sinners and the tax collectors. But they complained about Jesus doing that. But here in 14, we find that Jesus is actually eating dinner with a Pharisee. 
and he's in his home, and he starts this out by talking about being humble. And he gives us this illustration going to going to verse seven and eight. Okay, and you'll see this, and it says, Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seat of honor near the head of the table. So you get this, right? So there's these people coming in, and all of them are trying to get the best seat. That's like going to a movie theater with, you know, on, the, on the opening night or going to a concert that just simply has general admission and everybody is trying to get to the best place to be able to see the group that's singing or to be able to have the best place to see the movie that's coming on, right? How many of you, whenever you were little kids and you went to the movie, you went down to the front row? I remember as a young kid watching Star Wars from the very front row of the movie theater. I was like, wow. But now we understand the front row is not the best place to watch a movie. It's row number 18, seats 7 through 11. Now, if you can find it in whichever movie theater you're going to, you go ahead and see it there. But they're looking for the best seat. So Jesus kind of says, okay, he doesn't say it, but I can kind of think this in Jesus' head. He's like, okay, this is a teaching opportunity. So I am now going to teach. So then Jesus goes in and he says, when you arrive to the wedding feast, Don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? Then the host has to come to you and say, excuse me. Someone else is sitting here. And then you embarrass yourself by getting up and then having to move yourself to the seat that is left, which is going to be all the way in the back of the room. So he gives this to him. I think this, this is interesting. Are you, are you all ready for this? Because from here, Jesus then goes in and he gives them the parable of the great feast. Now, in all of my studies, now there again, I've told y'all that this is, this is an invitation that, that really rocks my world. In all the studies that I have done on this, this invitation that has been, in, that we are invited to, is the invitation to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. In all of my studies, I have found out that this invitation that we have is an invitation to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So whenever we are saved, whenever we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are invited to this feast. That is our invitation. I want you to see and I want you to grab a hold of this. Because in these days, the way that the invitations went and the feast went was that they would send out this invitation and say, hey, we're going to have a feast, don't know when, but I want you to be ready. Jesus Christ, whenever we received him as our Lord and Savior, he says, I'm coming to get you, but I don't know when, I need you to be ready. So there's the invitation created, or will ever be created, is invited to this. But only some will accept it. Now let's get in. Because let's assume that you have accepted this original invitation that we received him as our Savior. And he says, there's going to be another invitation that's going to come out. And there's going to be another time where I'm going to come out and then we're really going to have the feast. Right? So here we are. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, you get this? In verse 17, it then goes and says, When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, Come, the banquet is ready. So you get where we are, right? So the invitation's been sent out. Now the banquet is ready. And he's going to send his servant out to now say, The banquet is ready. Come on. What happens? But they all began to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have bought five pairs of ox. I want to train or I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. So we get this understanding that from the first invitation to this next invitation that the servant goes out, that many days and many things has passed. One got married. Don't know if you realize this, but if a Jewish man gets married, he cannot be called by the army for the first year of his marriage. He had a good excuse. I'm married. I can't go to your feast got to be here with my wife. Now what about the ox? The guy that had the ox.
he bought 5 pairs 10 oxen 5 pairs one pair was approximately 9 months of income and he just bought 5 pairs That's a healthy investment, right? He most probably wants to make sure they're trained properly so they'll go in a straight line. Don't let Pastor John train those ox because they won't go in a straight line. Make them go in a straight line. That makes sense on why you wouldn't go to a feast, right? I've just had this major investment and I need to make sure that it's okay. And the other guy, he says, I just bought land. I need to go inspect it. How many of you have enough money to buy land that's going to take you more than seven days to inspect it? Because the feast lasts seven days. And he says, I have to go and inspect the land. So the plot of land has to be something for him to inspect. He's going to be walking for more than seven days. That's a large chunk of land. I don't think I'm going to be inspecting that land. Give me my binoculars. Maybe a four-wheeler. Even a camel back then might have made it faster, but still, they're slow. We would all possibly look at these and say, you know, those... Those all make sense. We might even do it, right? Pick up your toes. I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and was baptized whenever I was eight years old. Right? Eight years old. Went to church all the time, kept going to church, still went to church. Found out that I was really good in sports. I played football two years before I was old enough, according to the league's regulations, requirements. Two years before I was old enough to be wearing pads and, and playing full-blown football. And I was the running back. I played basketball. I played basketball all the way from elementary school, middle school, all the way into high school. I even went to college to play basketball. I played baseball. Uh, evidently, I was better at baseball than I was at basketball because whenever I got to college, I played on the baseball team and not the basketball team. But whenever God's invitation came along for me to do what he wanted me to do and needed for me to do as far as becoming a preacher, I was too involved in playing sports and being an athlete and didn't want to do what he wanted me to do. How many of you, whenever God come for the second time in your life and wanted to do something and had you to do something, you said, oh, wait a minute, I have some wild oats that I still need to sow. 
I still don't understand those wild oats because any wild oats that I've eaten from out in the field, man, they were nasty. Now it's the refined oats that I like to put in water and I still put brown sugar on them to make them taste good. But we all have to sow our wild oats, right? Not a thing good about them. The invitation came out. The invitation came out to the Pharisees. Jesus Christ is here and he says, the kingdom is near. I am right here. And they rejected him. How many of us in our walk and in our life find that we are now too busy to actually do what God has for us to do? I want to do what I want. I don't want to do what he wants. So then the parable continues on. In verse 21. It says, The servant returned and told his master what, he, what they had said. His master was furious and said, Quickly, go to the streets and alleys from the town and invite the poor, the crippled, and the blind, and the lame. Go out and invite these people. Now, wait a minute. I didn't read to you all of what went on in the first part of chapter 14, did I? Because whenever Jesus got through with telling the people that you shouldn't try to sit in the seat of honor, he then goes and he talks to the person that's casting or giving this party. And he says, don't give a party to the people that can give another one and invite you to it. Right? Don't do something good for somebody that can do something good for you in return. And the first people that Jesus sends his servant back out to are these people. The poor, the lame, the blind, the outcast people that's there in this that's in the town. They can't cast another, they can't give another party. He doesn't care. We shouldn't care. And then after that, in verse 22, it says, After the servant had done this, he reported, There's still room. Oh, my goodness. He's gone out and he's invited all the blind, all the lame, all the poor people. And he says, There's still room. I want you to see, because from there, we get this understanding that Jesus sends him back out, and that's where he sends him back out. And he says, go into the country, not in the town, go into the country and bring in country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so the house will be full. 
Okay, let me drink this. So who's outside of the country or out in the country, outside of the city in the old days, in the ancient days during Scripture? Who's, who's out there? Uh, the lepers. The leper colonies. The, the ones that are outcasts. So, so these aren't the ones that are just lame, that are sitting around in the city, that's asking for alms, that's sitting at the temple gates, that's asking for money, or the ones that need help, that have people that are walking them around and still being able to provide for them. These are the worst of the worst, the ones that have to declare themselves unclean when anybody else comes around them. Go there. I don't think he's telling us that we as being inviting and going out and to invite. And a lot of people use this passage of Scripture to talk about the evangelistic part of this as far as going out and inviting and that we're supposed to invite everybody. But whenever we see this, this is an invitation that's given, and who is the invitation being given to? Right now we see that it's given to the ones that even have a disease that would be declared unclean. I don't think I'll see that impressive. Do we need to put names on it as far as for it today? Yeah, alcoholism now is a disease, right? Drug addiction. What about pedophiles? Child molesters? The worst of the worst. Whatever name you want to put on it. He's invited them. He's invited them to the feast. The feast that we've been invited to. The feast that some of us have came up with excuses on why we aren't doing and going to the feast. didn't think I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it. You know, as pastors and as preachers, I, I know that there's nothing that I can do. Okay, now I say nothing I can do. There, there's, I cannot fix you. As far as anybody that's out here, I, I can't fix you. I can't make you want to do what God is asking you to do. I, I can't do that. I, I understand that. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday. I know most of y'all don't look at the numbers. But we had more people 
two Sundays before Easter, then we had Easter Sunday. The day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have less people there. Unfortunately, we had more people last Sunday for Easter Sunday than we have here today. The invitation's been given. But what are we going to do with it? Are we going to create excuses? Are we one day going to look up at God and say, God, I'm sorry, I, you know, I was out surveying my land. Or are we going to look up and we're going to say, God, I'm sorry, but you know, I had these ox that I had to take care of. Matthew chapter 21 has the same story, but Matthew goes in and talks about some other things. Wait a minute, let me make sure. I just, I just tore my, cover, my marker off. Twenty-two, not twenty-one. I want you to see this because here we go in and we look down at verse eleven of chapter twenty-two, and now it goes and it talks about the king. It says, "But when the king came into the meeting, or into meet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothing." For a wedding. Friend, he asked, How is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. I want you to see this. This is not a stranger. Okay, this is not one of the people that came off of the streets that was the second group that he went off into the highways and the byways and brought these strange people in. This is someone that the king knew. I want you to see and I want you to understand, this is someone that is sitting within the church that follows and that believes Christ, that possibly didn't make it or didn't hear and didn't come to that original call. He says, friend, you were not wearing the proper clothing. Do you get it or do I need to draw a bigger picture? Do I need to give you the detail? The invitation's there. 
the invitation has been given to all. We don't know when the feast is going to be. We don't know when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is coming back and going to take us home to where we sit with the Father at that grand table and have that great feast. But we know that it's coming. Where are you going to be? The one that was wearing the wrong clothes, what happened? He was thrown out. That's where we get that odd passage of Scripture that says that the wailing and gnashing of the teeth. It was cast into the lake of fire. This morning, we, we all have an invitation. We're all invited to the feast. We were all invited to the celebration. So where are you today? I want you to kind of see it in this manner. Everyone stand. See, whenever we think about this feast, I don't know about you, but I, I think about a lot of really good food. I can see a table that's set before us that has nice, luscious, black, seedless grapes. I don't know. I, I picture ham, but there might not be any ham there. Might be roast beef. Crescent rolls. Nice and buttery crescent rolls. Deviled eggs that's been renamed to angel eggs. I also picture on that table guacamole, squash, boiled okra. Some of those out there licking y'all's chops whenever I say those words, but to me, my stomach is just churning. I see cherry pie. But you know, the thing about this is, and seeing that table, there's some people that's invited to the feast and they'll come in but what they're going to do is they're going to come in and they're going to sit down and they're going to eat the cherry pie because they love cherry pie. If we always and only eat cherry pie, we're going to die of a sugar, sugar coma. But we're not going to touch the broad okra. 
We're not going to touch the, you know, the, uh, the all the the squash. Whenever we're called to the table and to the festival, to the feast, we must partake of all of it. Do, do you get it? We must partake of all of it. Not just the easy, not just the sweet, not just the stuff that we like. For us to truly participate in this feast that God has for us, we must partake of all of it. There will be people that have entered into the feast that will die of starvation because they don't want what God truly has for them. The invitation is given to you this morning. I don't know if you're sitting there today and you're at the table and you're sitting there in front of that plate and somebody has slid guacamole in front of you. Now, of course, it's not bad if you like guacamole, but it, I'm thinking of something that's nasty that you don't like, but it slid in front of you. Might be a plate of suffering. It might be something that God's telling you that you need to give this up might be that cherry pie that that's all you're eating and he's saying wait a minute just that's not good for you scripture talks about it and says that we need to go on beyond the milk invitations here. I've said it several times. I don't know where you are in your walk. Only you know and God knows. But the invitation is given to you today to partake of all of it. Not just a portion, but all of it. Because if you don't have the proper clothes on, Whenever he does come back, you will be cast into the lake of fire. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Again, the altar is open for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the words, dear Lord, that you have given to us. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us, dear Lord, as we go throughout this week to meditate upon these words and to allow them to stir within our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.